minutes and half a day to our listeners on Guam and in the CNMI. It's now time for Total Health right here on Joy FM Radio, where your questions get answered by health professionals. If you have any health-related questions, we would love to hear from you. Call your questions and comments in at 472-1111 or text or WhatsApp 686-9999. If you're in the CNMI, please call 323-1113. Welcome, everybody, to Total Health. Well, um, we are very happy to welcome Dr. Jaslani, not anybody else, but Dr. Jaslani here today. Dr. Jaslani has been working, and maybe you know him more than I do, because he has been uh, working here for 24 years at the SDA clinic, and he was a director of the SDA clinic. So, Dr. Jaslani, something brings you back here, uh, like year after year, and it's very attractive, and I, I know this is uh, those, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, you know, your daughter is still here, and we are so happy uh, that she's bringing you more reasons for you to keep on coming here so we can have you today and we can share some ocean of knowledge. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be back to Guam. Um, yes, uh, I've seen the work grow here at, the, uh, at our Guam SDA clinic, and I still see some of the old uh, nurses and friends uh, and workers in, in the clinic, and I've been Looking forward, actually, to uh, coming, uh, even though it's a short time this time, uh, you know, to be here again in Guam. And and I've always uh, enjoyed uh, Joy 92 uh-huh, when I'm here. That's awesome. And we're so happy to have you here. And the topic we have today for our listeners, it's quite interesting. And I have been looking forward to have somebody that would like to dedicate time and talk about the gut feeling. We usually say, I have a gut feeling that this is going to happen or this is not going to happen. And we never usually come across with the idea that actually that's a real thing. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, What's surprising is that uh, when you really look at uh, this whole thing about the gut, it all started in in creation, uh, if you think about it. And let's go to Genesis, if you... If we look at Genesis 2.7 and Genesis 3.19, it says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust. You know, and when we think about dust, there's something in the dust that uh, we don't actually see, but there's a lot of living things in the dust. Of the ground and breath into his nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And so... This afternoon, we're going to talk about what we call the microbiome. My microbiome is a term that came about just over 20 years ago. And it all started uh, because uh, science has evolved and uh, we have all this technology, uh, either electron microscopes, uh, but also the thing about being able with all the computer power that we have to what they call be able to uh, sequence the DNA or sequence certain things that uh, even a culture could not do or things that uh, we don't see with our eyes, but they are real. 
And so uh, many years ago, they were able to sequence the human genome. But as they were looking at it, they found out that there were a lot of uh, what they call organisms uh, that uh, were actually being found. And they said, uh, where is this coming from? And they actually found that they, so they term it a microbiome. And so the microbiome is composed of good bacteria. It's also, they call archaea, the fungi, the viruses, uh, microscoping animals. These are all composed of what composes the microbiome. Uh, but specifically, uh, the microbiome, we could say, are the organisms that are in the gut or in our bowel. Uh, wait a bit, Dr. Gisani. You're trying to tell me that within my organism, there are many microorganisms? That's right. And we, you know, it's just lately when we found out that actually there's a lot of what we call uh, the, um, well, the good organisms that uh, live in our gut. Now, there are also the bad organisms that are there. And uh, they are also mostly in our gut, but you could also find them in our skin, uh, in different parts of our body. And when you think about it, they were able to look at it and say, uh, just by sequencing some of these organisms, uh, looking at their DNA, uh, they were able to say that there are actually more organisms in our body than the number of cells that we have. And they calculated about 10 times more uh, than what we have in the cells. So it's about 10 to 100 trillion micro, microbial cells, or, <laughs> you know, these little tiny microorganisms that are uh, in our bodies. Okay, so you're trying to tell me that I am only 10% and the rest are some microorganisms <laughs> within me? <laughs> in a sense, you know, there are more of these organisms in our body. But they are living within us in what they call a symbiotic sense. And so they're actually important part of our health and of our body. And a lot of them, uh, as we would be talking more, would be actually found in our gut. And uh, in a sense, that's why when you introduce it, gut feeling, yes, indeed, we'll be talking about it. And, uh, you know, uh, why, uh, you know, when we say gut feeling, that actually... Right. Involves how we feel. Yes. As you mentioned, like for the last 20 years, we have been talking a lot about the brain-gut connection. That's and we right. realize that our gut influences our brain. And lately, we even discovered that our brain can influence those microorganisms that are living in our gut. Exactly. There's a relationship between uh, the gut and the, and the brain. And so I think before we go on through there, I would just like to share, uh, in a sense, uh, why is it important that we talk about the microbiome? Why is it important? It is important because the, these uh, uh, organisms or this good bacteria takes care of uh, digesting uh, breast milk in a child, in a baby. And uh, when you think about it, um, they found out actually, and I'm jumping ahead of what we could discuss, is that 
when a baby is breastfed, they have much better uh, micro. Their microbiome is much better than if they were bottle fed. And the reason why is that that bacteria when they when they breastfeed, there are certain things in the mother's milk that actually uh, seeds their um, you know their gut, and, and it's much healthier for them. So they tend to have less uh, infections. Uh, uh, you know, babies that breastfeed. That is they, so interesting. It is interesting, right? And they also are able to uh, digest what they call the fiber uh, in our food. Uh, so this good bacteria, you know, digest. And by digesting it, they actually also help prevent things like diabetes and, um, and heart disease and also even, uh, you know, cancer. And so... That in itself, you know, we could say that uh, why it's important to have a good, you know, microbiome. And then it also talks about uh, our immune system, too. Yeah, it it does. So in a sense, there's a lot of good things that's being uh, discovered lately in regards to... uh, what the microbiome could do for us. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, in other parts as well, even in the vaginal canal. And that's that's why when the baby gets born, you know, through the normal way, they get this microbiome and they carry it with them. And so science discovered uh, the importance of that. And for babies that have been born uh, with, you know, uh, C-section, they noticed that they are lacking the microbiome that could have come if they were delivered otherwise. And some uh, in some countries, they even swap the vaginal canal and give it to the baby, right? That's true. Yeah. So what they found is that the the uh, microbiome or the good bacteria that comes out from the pelvic area of a mother is a healthier microbiome. So what they did, uh, they had studies that said that about well four to eight hours after the delivery, they were looking at and looking at the microbiome of the baby compared to vaginal and cesarean section, and they found out that. Those that were vaginally delivered had better uh, microbiome organisms than if they were cesarean because the cesarean were only the skin. So the child gets uh, just the, the skin bacteria, which is not as complete as if they were, you know, vaginally delivered. So, yes, you know, uh, there's something to be said about... Uh, what the Lord wants, you know, a mother, when a mother delivers, they tend to, if they deliver vaginally, that's probably healthy. Yeah, God certainly right. knew his job when he was creating the man and he knew how to organize all that. And we're just discovering the microbiome that has been there for like centuries. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I would actually say, you know, when I was researching this uh, for a talk, uh, I said, you know, the Lord actually knew it, probably from the Garden of Eden. You know, when he created us out of dust, you know, in a sense, he seeded us with whatever microbiome, the good microbiomes that uh, Adam and Eve had. Uh, And uh, and so it has been with us for all these years. It's just that lately we've been discovering it. 
Right. Um, and it, it's so amazing. Even nowadays, we live in sterile world. We try to wash our hands. You know, mm-hmm. we're not discouraging people to wash their hands, certainly. But like we're trying to live in a sterile environment so we will not be contaminated with any bacteria. And in a way, our immune system is not getting stronger. In mm-hmm. fact, it is getting even weaker. Uh, the fact that nowadays it's difficult to produce vitamin B12 unless, you know, you take animal products or because in the past, vegetarians were able to produce it with their microbiome. That's and uh, when we take uh, the fruits and the vegetables from the garden, just wash them a little bit, not like extensively that nowadays we're washing, we get this some of that bacteria that comes from the soil, right? And we don't have issues with that. That's true. That's true. And, you know, the original diet, as you know, uh, was a diet that was uh, meant to be, you know, a, a vegetarian diet, a plant-based diet, basically. And the closer you are to the garden, the mm-hmm. better it is. This is That's where right. you, the nutritional value of the fruits and vegetables is the highest. And this is when we make our microbiome happy because we are giving them the food that they need to in order to That's uh, maintain true. our health. Yeah, and we'll find out later that actually uh, in this uh, in our conversations here that you know diet has a, a big part to play in terms of the microbiome too. So we will continue more about the microbiome. Stay tuned, just right after the break. You have a question? Go ahead and give us a call on Guam 6714721111 in the CNMI 6703231113. You can text WhatsApp signal us 6716869999. We're streaming live on Facebook. Go ahead and leave your comment in the comment section below Total Health. We'll be right back. Every time we open an envelope that holds financial support for our ministry, we are aware that there is a story. Sometimes those stories are shared, and other times we are certain we will never know the story. The stories might range from giving up a few gourmet coffees to supply a donation to trusting that God is bigger than their financial situation. We know that support can be a sacrifice, but we hear stories of how God has taken the faithful support you offer and not only bless us, but bless others. We also believe that you receive a blessing not just in what you hear, but in what God does in your life as you learn the value of trusting and loving God. This is a benefit that we can't manufacture or send in the mail, but it seems to be a lesson that shows up in so many stories we read. Encourage us with your story when you send your support gift this month. And thanks for being part of God's story through this radio outreach. From Joy FM, family-friendly radio. JoyFMRadio.net See, Joe is Mossy, and thanks for listening to Total Health on Joy FM. We want to hear from you. Call in with your health-related questions at 472-1111 in Guam or in the CNMI. The number to call is 323-1113. Text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, back to the show. Okay, and we're here back with our microbiome. 
It's kind of the most discussed topic nowadays. Almost every physician will talk how important is that. And we are aware about, you know, the damage that sometimes with antibiotic we can cause to those little critters. Dr. Gislania, I was very surprised when I learned that we as human beings, we have like close to 26,000 genes. But the rice alone as a plant has 40,000. Wow. I was like, wow, how humbling that the rice has more genes than we as human beings. That's right. But what is even more surprising is that the microbiome, those little critters that maybe I heard they are close to 1,000, different type, different type. Oh, the different types. Different types, yes. Yes. That's right. And all of them, like most of them, they have close to 100,000 genes. How come those little microscopic organisms have hundred thousands of genes, much more than we do have? How That's interesting right. is that? That's right. I don't know exactly the answer why, but I know that uh, just because uh, what we are finding from a clinical standpoint is that uh, the microbiome actually does control a lot of things in our body. And in that sense, you know, you did mention earlier about, uh, you know, the brain and the gut uh, being connected. Uh, What we are finding right now is that there's actually um, a direct connection, you know, uh, with what this good uh, bacteria is uh, doing in our gut in producing certain hormones. You know, so the serotonin, the dopamine, you know, uh, those things that are that uh, we sometimes hear about when it comes to, you know, people being depressed or being stressed out, uh, you, know, ans- you know, with anxiety. Actually, you know, the term that say, you know, there's an imbalance uh, of some of these hormones in the brain uh, actually could probably mean that the imbalance is probably occurring in the gut, too. Uh, because of what's occurring there uh, in regards to them producing uh, these hormones. So there's what they call the enteric nervous system, which is by itself uh, a nervous system that's, uh, that's in our gut. And then we have the central nervous system, which is up in our brain. But through you know the nerves that go between our gut, and our brain, uh, that connection is actually almost a, like a direct connection. And nowadays, uh, when you see uh, a mental health provider, they actually talk about also about diet. And the reason why they do that is exactly what you're saying, uh, Elena, is that... Uh, what, what is occurring with what we eat affects the microbiome in our gut with all of this, I guess, all the genes that he mentioned that are, huh, that all these microbiomes are. And, uh, and, you know, I could not specifically mention all of those whatever bacteria that they have, but a lot of them, uh, depending on uh, what the, this bacteria specifically could uh, target certain foods and uh, certain foods uh, actually could produce you know more uh, negative effects than uh, positive effects depending on what 
someone so, eats. <laughs> so all those hormones that are very important for the well-being of a person, they get produced in the brain and they also get produced in the gut. That's right. And so if there is some disbalance, so the guts can regulate that. And I'm thinking if I am a bug, uh, like a microorganism living in the gut, I don't have any sun coming to me so I can photosynthesize or mm-hmm. I can get some energy there. I just merely depend on the food that comes my way. That's Is that true. correct? That's right. That's and so if good food comes, what happens? And if bad food comes, what happens? Like how this connection between the gut and the brain can get distorted. Right. In a sense, uh, if we look at it, you know, uh, certain certain of the microbiomes. Now we have a majority, uh, uh, or the big part of our microbiomes, actually in the gut. But there's also some microbiome that occurs in you know our nasal passages and our lungs and in our skin. And uh, for that, you know, they all interact with one another. And as I was looking at here, what they actually say, as you mentioned, the the main thing that uh, regulates uh, the microbiome is diet. But there's also something to be said about the genetics uh, of of who we are. And you did mention about the uh, how we are, uh, you know, we came to this world either through you know the natural chart. B- Childbirth, or through a cesarean section, you know, and it also talks about the uh, how, as a child, we were fed initially, whether it was breastfeeding or you know, bottle fed, and then also the early exposures to uh, antibiotics, and you did mention that too, you know, uh, children that were exposed to. Uh, uh, antibiotics have a little different uh, microbiome than if they were not exposed to. And then they also talk about actually uh, environmental temperature. So in a sense, you know, being out in the sun, even though we, the gut is not exposed to the sun, but there's something to be said, I guess, with the temperature. Uh, it says environmental temperature and then it also talks about circadian rhythm. And so, you know, the amount of sleep that we have and the amount of daylight and the amount of, uh, you know, darkness that we go into in our life. And then it also talks about, you know, uh, what our hygiene and what we are exposed to in the environment itself. Uh, so you know, all of this tend to affect, you know, basically what our microbiome does for us. That was really, I believe, the hardest thing for me to hear. You know, it's hard sometimes to hear the truth. And I think the hardest thing for me to hear was that not only I have a circadian rhythm, but the bacteria inside of my gut, they also have a circadian rhythm. That's right. And if I don't sleep, I don't let them sleep. (laughs) <laughs> and so, and if I don't let them sleep, then everything gets so messed up. You know, they don't produce yeah. those hormones. I don't get this sense of well-being. I can't thrive in anything I do. And uh, the stress I have 
it reflects on them. <laughs> That's right. And, and vice versa, too. And vice versa. Yeah. I was also very surprised that nowadays we're talking about diabetes type 3. Mm. And uh, di- even though it's still not uh, the, you know, the official name, diabetes type 3 is actually Alzheimer mm-hmm. because we notice that there is a lot of uh, insulin resistance in the brain that is caused because of the insulin resistance that in our microbiome. That's right. That's right. And so uh, so they were looking at uh, and say, you know, how does the microbiome affect diseases? You know, are there any uh, relationship? Now, research are still ongoing, uh, so we could not really say that there, there's a direct cause and effect uh, with the microbiome and certain diseases, but there's relationships that they're finding. And I guess with time, we would probably be able to know more uh, towards, you know, if there's certain things that we could do to regulate our microbiome that uh, would then be a therapeutic effect. But the areas that they're looking at uh, uh, based on uh, diabetes, and you mentioned diabetes is one, and and we find that uh, some of the things that uh, are going on that we are actually uh, in in a sense uh, giving our patients uh, tend to affect you know our microbiome to the extent that they actually produce positive effects that then translate to lowering our blood sugar, but the natural ways of taking care of diabetes, as we probably have shared with our patients, is that diet, exercise, you know, rest, you know, a good lifestyle. And all of this actually affects uh, the microbiome, as you mentioned. We also find that uh, the microbiome actually has something to do with heart disease, too, uh, just because of the way... uh, some of the what they call inflammatory, uh, you know, hormones and proteins that come through uh, that are produced uh, by our microbiome. Now, when we talk about microbiome, we have the good bacteria and then the bacteria that produce inflammation. And there are other bacteria that are anti-inflammatory. Or, and so you want to have the microbiome which have anti-inflammatory effects. You're trying to tell us we need more of the good bacteria and not good and bad bacteria to balance each other. We need more of the good and less of the bad one. Okay. That's right. Because then we also find nowadays, you know, if one has lupus, if one has rheumatoid arthritis, what they call autoimmune issues. Yes. You know, they're also finding that... uh, uh, it could be all related to our microbiome, and in 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 essence, saying you know whatever you put to your you know whatever you eat uh, could affect also. Right, even multiple know, sclerosis the is really mm-hmm. related to that. All type of like inflammations in the body, uh, especially. Well, I'm sure you will mention something about colitis and all mm-hmm. the uh, conditions that you inflammatory conditions, uh, mm-hmm. osteoarthritis, even dementia. We are linking more and more diseases towards the microbiome and the way we take care of it. 
That's right. That's right. And 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 this is a field that just have been uh, around in the last uh, twenty or so years, and so there's still quite a bit of research uh, that's going on. And but as they as we you know as more research comes about, uh, we see that indeed you know there's a big uh, in the the microbiome has a big influence in terms of our overall health. Right. Even I, I uh, link that with allergies as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I have a friend that he, as a child, had many ear infections. He had been treated with a lot of antibiotics. Now he is 80 years old. He's basically allergic to everything. I didn't know that's possible, but you can be allergic to everything. And whatever he <laughs> eats, he has to eat it in 10 days. Otherwise, you'll have a reaction. So this is how important the microbiome is. And we have to really guard it and protect it with all our might. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I'm hearing the music, so we'll continue just right after the break. Do not go anywhere. Call in your question on Guam, 671-472-1111. In the CNMI, 670-323-1113. You can text WhatsApp signal in your question to 671-686-9999. We're streaming live on Facebook. Leave your question in the comment section below. We'll be right back. In Hans Christian Andersen's story, Ugly Duckling, we meet a young bird who believes he is a duck. The duckling is criticized by those he thought were family. He is made fun of, chased, and became the brunt of jokes. Have you ever wondered what this bird would have been like if he'd received the emotional support one usually gets from family? As you may know, the duckling was no duck at all, but a gangly young swan. The only bright spot for our hero is when other swans recognize and welcome him. In the end, he receives the support he needs, and we all cheer because this ranks among the finest happy endings in literature. Imagine what our ministry would be like if we always had the support we need. Most beginnings are hard. The future is not always known. Your support has always made what we do far more beautiful. Your financial gift has always led to happy endings. Thanks for doing what you can, whenever you can. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. JoyFMRadio.net Welcome back. You're listening to Total Health on Joy FM. Call in with your health-related questions to 472-1111 in Guam. If you live in the CNMI, we want to hear from you too. Call 323-1113 or text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, here's more Total Health. Dr. Gislani, I'm really curious to know what other diseases actually are affected because of the microbiome. You know, there's still research going on, but they're saying that actually in some ways uh, the neurodegenerative uh, diseases like Parkinson's, you know, that's probably there might be a relationship uh, between uh, the microbiome uh, and uh, um, Parkinson's disease. Uh, Cancer has also been something that... uh, uh, has been found out, uh, um, you know, the, um, as you know, uh, some of the cancer cells uh, 
are probably, uh, you know, triggered by inflammation and, and things in our body. And so in that sense, you know, uh, it could con point back to, uh, you know, our microbiome. Uh, they actually, uh, our immune system is one of the big things which we talk about. And you did talk about allergies. And then mental health, uh, that's one of the things that we also talked about earlier. And there's a question mark uh, whether autism, autistic uh, children might be, uh, could be probably, but it's not been uh, proven yet completely, but there might be a relationship. Yeah, and I then heard about those studies. Yeah. Uh, they, they're doing mm -hmm. a lot of studies linking aut autism. They said maybe we don't have the truth now, but uh, you know, when there is a smoke, maybe there is a fire. So maybe that, there will be a breakthrough there. Right. And then obesity, I think, a big part of it. Uh, yeah, Elena, you probably mentioned a little bit about that too. Yeah, I was very surprised that mm -hmm. when I studied, um, I studied in the university doing my doctorate in preventive medicine, and we actually studied that uh, obesity nowadays is considered an infectious disease. Mm. I'm like, how? It has always been, you know, <laughs> a non-communicative disease. Mm. And they're like, no, actually, it is because of the microbiome. So what happens is that when you live in a household that people are, tend to be a little bit overweight, even though you're doing your best to stay in shape, you are more prone to share the same bacteria. The same, it's the same bacteria in the household. Uh, so scientists are coming with more interesting studies about that. They say you share the same bacteria even with your pets. You know, we, everybody that lives in this. And so that's why sometimes we can notice some pets are similar shape as their owners, you know, <laughs> yes, uh, because yes. it is very interesting. Not with the cats. We don't share our microbiome with the cats unless science proves that, uh, you know, differently in the future. But with the dog specifically, uh, we do share our um uh, you know, the microbiome. And that's why if you live on a place where people tend to be a little bit overweight because of the culture, because of the food, it is more difficult for you to lose weight. And so when I, I read that definition, I said, I'm not going to argue against it. I mean, there are already proofs about it. I, I think, too, you know, in families, uh, what you see is that uh, aside from, I guess, their microbiome, which uh, could be related to just exposing themselves to one another, is the dietary uh, effects that a family has. You know, so what the parents eat and what the brother or sister eats uh, would be the same thing. And so they tend to be, you know, on the heavier side. Uh, I, so that would probably... and. The the other thing that they're looking at would be, you know, we hear about biatric surgery and all of those things. Uh, and you see them that they uh, initially, they lose some weight. Uh, it's aside from just the, they're looking at it and say that, is it totally uh, related to the caloric intake? Uh, they find that probably not totally uh, when one goes into biatric surgery that because uh, a person eats less, that they lose that much weight. But there's also the influence of what the surgery does to the microbiome in a sense that there's uh, a change in the metabolic aspect, uh, which is uh, uh, in the gut itself. And so that 
uh, causes you know, some of the changes uh, uh, in uh, uh, in in weight loss. Uh, so the other thing that also comes to mind, you've heard about the newer uh, GLP-1 agonists, you know, the Ozempic, you know, the Trulicity, people losing weight, and all of that. You know, that hormone sometimes is somewhat, in a sense, regulated also by our GI tract, you know. And so, and our GI tract is where the microbiome stays. And so, in a sense, yes, obesity, uh, we would say, as you mentioned, related to the gut. It's an infection because it's an organism that controls whatever hormones that there are, I guess, you know, could be an infectious disease. That's a new concept that I've heard. <laughs> it's something <laughs> you shared. And uh, yeah. I'll actually prompt you to even share a little bit more. And I mm-hmm. don't think anybody would like that, but we cannot go and talk about microbiome unless we mention the newest breakthroughs in science. So uh, it is has been noted that uh, people that have received a stool transplant, yes, that's correct, a stool transplant from someone that their microbiome is good, they actually regulate much better all the functions in the body and they actually lose weight. We have seen that uh, it will it will be even, it's so revolutionary that it can help uh, people not to even go through bariatric surgery, right? Just by adopting or receiving a stool transplant. Right, a stool transplant. That could be. I mean, I the when it comes to the stool transplant, what I'm aware of, and which is something that uh, uh, they are doing right now, which is uh, uh, saying is that, uh, you know, that's almost getting to be uh, a therapeutic uh, thing uh, is when we, they develop what they call C. difficile uh, infection. It's an it's a infection that sometimes cause quite a bit of problems. Uh, it's uh, they cause diarrhea and and abdominal pain and and this is related because they were in the hospital. They were getting antibiotics and killing all the good germs uh, with antibiotics and later on develop you know diarrhea and they check the stool and uh, it's positive for C difficile. And they give them either vancomycin or flagyl and try to see what they can, but try to kill the C. difficile bacteria, but sometimes they could not. And so what they came about was, say, you know, could we uh, do a stool transplant? And they did, and what they're finding out that actually stool transplants are, especially for those that are resistant to the uh, the, the typical antibiotics for C. difficile actually uh, cure or, you know, take care of it. Uh, and yes, you know, um, uh, stool transplants are something that probably uh, are going to be uh, a therapeutic thing that's going to be used uh, down the road. Yes, I will yeah. say instead of getting, you know, heart transplant, uh, kidney transplant, uh, <laughs> you know, other organs, lung transplant, maybe in the future, that will be the first transplant that we would attempt <laughs> in order right. to improve our overall health. 
I was uh, reading uh, or listening to a podcast recently about that, and they were talking about uh, you probably need to uh, find someone with a good microbiome uh, to be transplanted. You don't want uh, someone whose uh, microbiome is bad to, to have it <laughs> transplanted to you. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I think as we go on, as we learn more about, you know, the microbiome, I think uh, we would uh, be able to find, uh, you know, things that uh, we probably haven't imagined yet nowadays that could be probably useful. Yes, we still have many studies still, yeah. uh, you know, with mice, uh, not uh, very well experimented with humans. Uh, but it was noted that when mice are fed with artificial sweeteners, you That's know, what right. we call uh, diet uh, foods, uh, they become diabetic. Yeah. And those mice actually improve right away if they have a stool transplant. And from diabetic, they reverse it and they become normal again. Which is very interesting. Um, you know, we don't say, okay, everybody needs to have a stool transplant, right? We can still regulate and we can still rebuild these good bacteria, and it is in our hands to do that, right? And yeah, we, we have could. many ways to do that. That's exactly right. And I think we'll go through that uh, in our last section here. You know, how could we improve uh, and, uh, you know, replenish? you know, uh, our microbiome. Uh, but before that, can we say what it uh, damages it? I know we said yes. in general about foods that it does, but what type of foods, what should we avoid? Can we become a little bit more practical so we may know how to really take care of our microbiome? Yeah. So I think in general, you know, foods that uh, I would say, and there have been studies that, you know, animal protein and animal diet, those uh, are actually uh, ones that are not that are not beneficial at all. They're pro-inflammatory. Uh, they're pro-inflammatory. You're right. They're pro-inflammatory. Let me just back off a little, maybe in the next uh, couple of minutes here. I'd like to just share something about, uh, especially with mothers. Uh, we did talk about... Uh, you know, whether uh, doing breast milk and uh, bottle milk. So we encourage that. Also avoiding uh, things like, um, you know, antibiotics when they're a child. Uh, also, uh, actually, our microbiome, uh, as we grow, uh, we tend to be able to develop the, they call it the fingerprint. You know, there's a fingerprint that we have for a finger. Each uh, individual also has a fingerprint in regards to their microbiome. And that fingerprint usually comes about, the microbiome comes about at age three. So between, after age three, you kind of get your microbiome set. Uh, and so there's something to be said about uh, as a child grows uh, uh, from, you know, from birth to age three, uh, to give them the things that promote a good microbiome uh, rather than to have a microbiome that might be quite deficient in, in regards to uh, health. So 
that's something that uh, is worth considering. Um, by uh, and one other thing I mentioned as as we age, also for senior citizens, uh, we also find that their microbiome is not as uh, healthy as it were if compared to the younger ones. And that's just from aging too. Uh, and so from birth to uh, uh, adulthood and uh, through you know, yeah, the elderly, you know, there are changes that occur uh, in our microbiome. And um, with that, we just have to keep, keep in mind that the, the things that we could do to keep them healthy uh, would be beneficial for, for the rest of our life. Right. And so there's so much we can do for this microbiome so you can stay very healthy. And I do encourage our listeners, you know, we had for many years uh, this uh, thinking that if I go to the doctor, if we, I don't get an antibiotic, the doctor is not doing their job. But uh, listening to that topic, we might change our opinion because actually we would like take care of our microbiome much more than about the infection because the microbiome can take care of the infection itself we are going into the break that's our music so give us a call on guam 6701-472-1111 in the cnmi 670-323-1113 you can text whatsapp signal us 671-686-9999 99. We got 15 more minutes to go. We're streaming live on Facebook. Just leave your comment in the comment section below and we'll get your question answered. starts with the first step. Blank page. Fresh hope. Like good intentions, the resolutions you entertain will move past the point of being fresh and new. You might come to resent the very thing you promised. You could come to believe it's impossible to keep promises to yourself. Discouragement might set in. In His kindness, you have a promise from God. Even when you fail to keep your promises, even the ones you make to yourself, He faithfully keeps His promise to complete the work He began in you. He's as interested in you in August as He is in January. His mercies are like the first page in a new journal. Each sunrise is the sign of a fresh start. He can do in your life what you can't. His love extends beyond the moment of your last broken promise. Take this good news to your future discouragement. God is making you new. Let Him. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. And we're back with more Total Health. Give us a call with your medical questions. The number to call in Guam is 472-1111. If you're in the scene of mind, the number to call is 323-1113. Or you can text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. Now back to the program. 
So we are at our last section and I, I would like to hear more and more and more about that because it is transformational. I actually changed my lifestyle and I'm sleeping more because I need to keep the microbiome healthy. And uh, I started even exercising and I'm very careful what I am eating because if I eat something that's going to damage them, there will be consequences. But if I eat something that's good, there will be benefits. So that's how, how nice is that, right? And so I can't wait to ask you the most important question. Okay, Dr. Gislani, what can we do that we can promote our gut health? And so I think um, the basic and the foundational uh, thing, and we've been talking about it uh, for the last uh, 45 minutes, is uh, the diet. And the question is, you know, what kind of diet? And uh, research have found out is that uh, certain foods, uh, certain plant-based foods like legumes, beans, and fruits contain lots of fiber. And the fiber that are in this uh, food uh, uh, promote the growth of a, what they call the healthy kind of uh, a bacteria, which is the bifidobacteria. And uh, these uh, bifidobacteria are the ones that, uh, when they process uh, these uh, kinds of foods, are the ones that produces the good uh, anti-inflammatory things that our body needs uh, uh, to give us healthy. Uh, and so that's uh, one uh, type of food that uh, we could uh, consider in our diet. Uh, uh, and I think here in Guam, um, we, you know, we, we have a number of fruits, right? And we, you know, beans are uh, easy for us to, uh, to buy. Uh, same thing with legumes. Uh, uh, and so rather than, you know, going to the store and buying the meat, uh, you know, we could use this as a form of our protein. Because fiber is essential for the function of those bacteria. They right. create products like butyrate that is really important for the gut to thrive. And so uh, we've never talked uh, about fiber. Uh, yes. And uh, our rec the recommendation is actually for men to take above 30 grams, 30 to 40, mm. for women 28 to 30 grams Good. of fiber. And that's a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables, a lot of plant-based food. Uh, so we are meant to consume food, uh, but healthy food. That's true. And when you look at our gut, you know, the Lord made us in such a way that uh, when we look at our gut, you know, it was meant to be uh, to process all these uh, plant-based foods, uh, not like, uh, you know, a carnivorous animal, right, uh, in which uh, meat is was meant for for their diet. And the other f food items that we look at would be fermented foods um, like uh, sauerkraut, uh, kefir, you know, things uh, uh, that have uh, lactobacilli. And that's also something that um, uh, could produce, uh, you know, the counteract, you know, the bad bacteria that's in our gut. So think things that are fermented, uh, but not quite, because not, not quite. all the pickles not, not, not are pic also healthy. healthy right. 
And then you have what they call the uh, whole grains. Uh, and we, you talk about the fiber. And uh, the beta-glocan, uh, which is uh, uh, digested in the bacteria, by the bacteria, the good bacteria, uh, actually uh, helps uh, with uh, losing weight and also trying to control diabetes. And so, you know, whole grains, uh, rather than refined, you know, carbs, are actually helpful. And so I tell my patients to, as much as possible, if they, rather than white rice, you know, the brown rice, rather than white bread, uh, whole wheat bread or multigrain breads. So. Like less manufactured food. That's like the right. closer it is to the origin, you know, when mm -hmm. you pick it up, the better. And so the more it is refined and refined and, you know, um, right. yes, it is the more uh, the nutrients have been eliminated from it. Straight from the garden. So. Straight from the garden. That's easily. And then the, you did mention about the sweeteners and their studies that actually showed that uh, aspartame uh, uh, actually increases the blood sugar. And that's the reason why is that it encourages the bad bacteria, the interbacteria uh, that's in our gut. Uh, and so when you encourage the bad bacteria, uh, in a sense, you're decreasing the effect of the good bacteria. So uh, actually, uh, some of uh, people, I mean, some of the experts are saying, if you have to use sugar, use the natural sugar, uh, which is, I mean, it might have a little more calories, but at the end might be healthier. And then you have uh, also foods that are rich in polyphenols. And lastly, they talk about uh, prebiotics foods. Now you have the probiotics, then they have prebiotics food. There are things like artichokes, bananas, asparagus, you know, apples, oats. These are prebiotic foods. Can you repeat them again? Artichokes, bananas, asparagus, oats, and apples. Wow. Yeah. I love all of them. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, and, uh, and in the, uh, lastly, which uh, is something that uh, one could consider, uh, but I think if we eat the right kinds of food, then uh, we don't need to take in what we call the probiotic supplements, but they're available. Uh, I would uh, usually tell my patients that tend to get uh, urinary tract infections commonly uh, to consider a probiotic supplement. Uh, I yeah. do too. Yeah. Because especially with, as you mentioned, uh, when the people consume a lot of meat, they become very resistant to antibiotics. And we come to the point that we don't have any more antibiotics to give to patients that have frequent urinary tract infections unless we start with intravenous antibiotics. But if they eat some of those foods, they can certainly reverse that and they can imp uh, improve the growth of the good bacteria. That's right. That's right. I even have, um, uh, you know, this research that comes about probiotics. I believe, um, I can be wrong, but I really believe that in 2030, this is what we're going to prescribe. 
whoever comes for whatever disease they come, we will be like, take this type of probiotic and take this type of probiotics. Nowadays, even anxiety can be treated with certain type of probiotics. There is a lot of research that has come for the last years. And uh, I had a patient that I started her on probiotics for the anxiety. And the patient was very, very anxious and said, wow, doctor, you're very cool prescribing probiotics for my anxiety. And uh, and I did uh, prescribe the lactobacillus helveticus that has been really proven with that. I've never seen her again. Uh, So I am hoping that she did (laughs) well. But it is very interesting that for even for diabetes, we have different type of probiotics for gut health, especially for candida, for different um, micro microbial conditions, anti-inflammatory, we do have them. It is the, the truth is that we still don't know quite well how much of this that we give actually affects something that we do not want to lose. <laughs> so we don't make a big science out of that, but this is where the future is. I, I, I think so. I think that's so much, there's so much uh, potential in regards to the research that's going on uh, with the microbiome. And, uh, and there, you're mentioning about you know certain uh, you know bacteria uh, that affect certain things. Yes, I think that's one of the areas that they're looking at. Uh, I was look. They're also looking at the uh, areas in which um, whether you know we have what we call the immunotherapy for cancer treatments right now uh, that uses our own immune system. Now they're looking at areas in which uh, how could we regulate the microbiome to produce the kind of immunotherapy uh, that uh, might be helpful in regards to uh, you know cancer treatments. Uh, and so it's in some ways it's you know the field is exciting in regards to what's going on. I think the bottom line uh, I would say is that um, if we eat a healthy food and uh, what we call the new start program, you know, nutrition, exercise, water, water sunshine, sunshine, temperance, air, rest, and trust, trust in, in God. The Lord then uh, in essence, we are helping our microbiome. Exactly. And that's, uh, and that's what we want. That, that's so awesome. Thank you so much. This is like, a, as I said, an ocean of knowledge opening in front of us, and we can do something about it. Actually, in Colossians 1, 9, 10, it says that we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Well, I certainly grew up in knowledge of the Lord uh, uh, with this um, wonderful talk. And I am certainly going to make some changes in my lifestyle. That's right. I think uh, knowledge is important. Applying what we learn is also as important. Thank you so much, Dr. Jaslani. And thank you, Elena. And thank you, Bevan, for a total health and coming on to the show. Tune in next week, Wednesday, 5 o'clock, for more Total Health Live. 
Be sure to check with your doctors before making any sudden life changes discussed today. Total Health is brought to you in partnership with Guam Seven-Day Adventist Clinic, where health is their mission. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you and Sijuas Masi for listening to Total Health right here on Joy FM.